Hello and welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. This is episode 9 of The Pull List, our weekly comic book review show. Uh, I'm going to get right to it this week. We have a whopping five books to discuss. Um, This is the last week with uh, no DC product on this show. We will get to that in um, the rundown for next week's show. But we're going to start with um, Amazing Spider-Man number 60. Written by uh, Nick Spencer with art by Mark Bagley. Uh, This is a fairly quiet issue. Um, Just continues the fallout from all the kindred stuff that was going on when we started this show. Um, This, uh, I think this one will divide a lot of readers because it's actually kind of boring. And it's kind of the same old, uh, you know, it's one of those like... Peter whines a lot sort of issues. Um, basically, uh, Mary Jane pushes him to uh, get up on a stage with, you know, nobody but her in attendance, of course, and uh, discuss, like, his feelings about all the stuff with Harry Osborne as kindred and stuff. And uh, it's basically just Peter unburdening, unburdening himself for 22 pages or whatever. And... Um, it was kind of interesting in terms of like the psychology of it. Like he really starts to get into uh, feelings about that whole situation. But if you've been reading Spider-Man as long as like somebody like me has consistently since like 19, the 1980s, it's just more of the, you know, they, it's not like they don't do this affair, this kind of thing a fair bit where he just spends an entire issue dumping his soul out to people. Um, but you know, for newer readers who haven't don't have that kind of history, I suppose it's fine. But um, I'd be happy for all of this like kindred related stuff just go away for a while. Um, it does end with something interesting, which I'm not gonna get into too much because I don't want to. I'm not in the habit of blowing books endings on this show. Um, but uh, it does uh, involve Doctor Strange. Uh, visiting a certain person or being, uh, and we'll get into more of that uh, next time. Um, I would say if you are a longtime reader of this book and this kind of thing works for you, go for it. But I think most people that are into the stuff that where a little more happens might skip this one. Um, next up, we have Black Panther 23. Written by Tanahasi Coates with art by Daniel Cunha and Ryan Bodenheim. Um, this is the tail. We're in the tail end of Coates' run on Black Panther. It's supposed to end with twenty five, and he's also actually done a couple of volumes now. I when we review twenty five, I I want to like kind of not do a whole retrospective of his run, but I'm at least going to mention like the total number of issues when it's over. I'm going to go back and look at that. Um, but anyway, the basic premise of, of this part of his run is that a bunch of the Wakandans were taken off of Earth and brainwashed and thrown into space, and they were serving as like a slave culture for some group of aliens or whatever. And all that in T'Challa kind of has no memory of who he was, but leads sort of a rebellion against that. And they have since gotten back to Earth, but um, a couple of the Wakandans who were... Uh, kind of opposed to him 
at that point have attacked Earth with a fleet of spaceships and stuff. And like the lead guy who is Najidaka, I hate those. I I hate mispronouncing those names because I feel like an idiot. Um, but anyway, the lead bad guy has a symbiote, I think. And how they uh, didn't tie this into King and in Black directly, I have no idea. Um, but this b- issue is basically um, T'Challa and all of his allies and stuff, which is basically every African and African-American hero in the in the Marvel Universe will show up, has shown up in this book in the last few months, and will probably show up in the last couple issues of the run. Um He's basically, you know, this is basically a, a slow down the action and, and a lot of dialogue with characters, a lot of character moments and stuff. I'm sure the last two issues of Coates' run will just be flat out action and stuff just to close it out. And then whatever the after effects of that is and whether there's going to be another uh, Black Panther book after that, I'm sure there will be. Um, there usually tends to be one. Um, I can't think of the last time they actually went a significant period of time without one probably before the the priest run i would guess would be the last time um but anyway this is fine it's good if you've been reading this for a while but this is also a tough one to come in to start reviewing this book on this show and come in this late um but you know solid read Coates is a good writer uh we'll get into him a little more later. I have some uh, film news that involves him that we'll talk about after the actual reviews. Um, and now we're into the X Men corner for this week. Let's first go to uh, New Mutant sixteen, written by Vita Ayala with art by Rod Rice. Um, this is just you know more of the the original New Mutants are trying to teach like the next the younger next younger generation of mutants, you know, um, and there's a lot of, you know, this book hasn't actually done a whole lot since they started that idea. I think it's more just character building and that kind of thing. Um, the shadow King is, you know, still kind of working in the background, like, uh, showing, Uh, certain young mutants, how to do certain things with their powers and whatever. And you're supposed to sort of question whether he has other motives. He probably does. Uh, Given his history, I don't know that he would necessarily buy into this idea that all the mutants are buddy-buddy now. Um, There's some stuff with Wolfsbane here as she is trying to, still trying to get her son with the Asgardian wolf god guy resurrected. Um, And they haven't actually done that yet. And I think there's some question whether he's actually around somewhere and she might feel the need to go and and find him eventually. Um, there's some stuff on Otherworld going on here with uh, Moonstar and somebody else who I'm not recalling right now. A lot of the Otherworld stuff kind of blurred together for me. I'm a little burned out on that after how much of the Ten of Swords thing had that in it. Um, so this is fine. I'm feeling like this whole week is kind of, this whole week of books is kind of neutral, um, which is kind of unfortunate for a review show, I guess. Uh, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, so this is a fun way to go with this book. Like, you know, considering that the original new mutants were the students back in the eighties and now the, uh, 
that generation of students are now the teachers to these other other mutant characters is kind of neat. Um, I will be interested to see how long they let this let this angle of it go for. I think this is probably going to be the the long haul for this. Um, it would be interesting to see some of the student characters develop more, um, but it's still early enough where they haven't really done a lot of that yet. But my guess is there will be more of that. Um, next up, we have uh, Wolverine number 10, written by Benjamin Percy with art by Adam Kubert. Uh, this is the continuation of that whole thing where Wolverine goes to that uh, superhuman paraphernalia auction to rescue Maverick, who I guess somebody had brainwashed into becoming like a Terminator sort of thing. And uh, so that issue starts with a big fight where he's trying to like, he gets Maverick out of like a coma or something, or he was like cryogenically frozen. And the two of them go blasting out of this place and, and uh, the CIA shows up just thinking that, Oh, we were, you know, we were like monitoring this and we were going to try to like buy, buy items and stuff so that certain other people wouldn't get their hands on them. But now this is degenerated into a total brawl. We're just going to come in here and steal whatever we can get our hands on. Um, so it's basically Wolverine, Logan and Maverick going around trying to like stop people from stealing stuff and get themselves out of it. And then there's a lot of, uh, after that part of it's over, there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, he's trying to get Maverick to go to Krakoa and just kind of hang with the other mutants. And, uh, you know, cause he's old buddies with the guy he wants to like show him that there can be a better life outside of this, like hired killing and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, Maverick doesn't really want any part of that. He's just like, eh, you know, I'm alive. I'm gonna keep doing what I do and, you know, maybe I'll come here eventually when I'm tired of doing that, but I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna stop hiring myself out because it's what I'm good at and whatever. Um, and then it, the end sort of implies that we might see more of him. I don't want to get into that too particularly. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm trying not to spoil anything. And all these books are sort of uh, neutral, like middle points of every story that we're in. So, um, in, uh, not not the greatest uh, review territory, I'm sure. But you know, there will be better weeks than this, I'm sure. And um, so, this is you know, I'm not a huge Wolverine guy. I haven't read a lot of uh, the solo stuff. I mean, I know I read some of the stuff before this, like the bigger stories, like Enemy of the State and stuff, but. Um, I do like, uh, the fact that in, in this current, in the current X line, it's not just like, I'm going to go do, you know, some secret killing thing. Cause that's what I do all the time. Uh, which seems to be what a lot of the prior stories were, but this is more like he's trying to actually help other mutants. And he's, there's a lot of stuff about how he finally feels kind of more Logan kind of finally feels more settled because he has in Krakoa, he has like a country and a people which he never feels like he's had before this. Um, so maybe that's, you know, maybe that's part of this character's psychology that you're going to see more of going forward with that. Um, and you know, that's an interesting way to go with him beyond the raging killing machine shit, which I feel like gets pretty old you know, they do enough of that with him in like team books and stuff where the whoever writes it doesn't really want to write him all that all that 
with all that much complexity, it just turns into a raging monster. Um, and our final book this week is X-Men 18, written by Jonathan Hickman. The art gets a little confusing here because the cover says it was Brett Booth. The interior uh, credit page says it was Mahmoud Azrar, so I'm just going to credit both of them. I'm not sure who it actually was because uh, I don't, you know, with the exception of a couple of artists, I'm not, I don't really have the eye to spot particular folks immediately. So it could have been either of them, and I probably wouldn't know the difference. So this is a uh, smaller book, which, you know, more of Hickman's tendency toward. Uh, one shots and stuff, which might lead to other things down the road. Um, this involves uh, Darwin, uh, Laura Kinney Wolverine, who they still call her Wolverine, even though Logan's still around. Um, so, yay, Josh and I have been saying for a while that we were kind of surprised she wasn't being used anywhere in this line right now. So, I got kind of got a kick out of seeing her here. And Sync, Sync from Generation X, who I guess um, is able to copy the powers of mutants that he's in proximity to. So he's sort of, the book even calls out that he's there to serve as a backup to them, to Darwin and Laura on this mission that they're on, since he can do both of their things at the same time. Um, so the idea here is that they were, that they are sent to, uh, confront the children of the vault which is something that i believe was brought up in the mike carey run on the adjectiveless book back in i believe the early 2000s um if i remember correctly they were a group of either regular metahumans or mutants who were somehow um like time accelerated by something and they were considered they considered themselves to be the next step up in evolution from mutants, I think. Um, and I do recognize some of the the character designs from that initial run. I might have to go back and grab that. Um, I think it's on Comixology for cheap. I might have to go back and read that again because I, I like I, I recognize a lot of the visual stuff, but the particulars of that, it's been so long since I read it. I don't really, you know, the name rang a bell, but beyond that, it didn't really mean that much to me in the moment. So there's a big fight. And everything um it was pretty much a you know a sneak into this place and have a fight book and it was kind of fun i mean i like seeing laura somewhere um i haven't really seen a lot of darwin since uh, deadly genesis and i believe he was also in that rise and fall of the shiar empire that brubaker wrote that followed that um where they go into the x-men go into shiar space try to find vulcan and stuff, and Vulcan ends up becoming like king of the Shi'ar Empire for a while. Um, Darwin is not a character that's been used all that much, I don't think, because he's almost kind of not hard to write for, but given how the power set works, where he can just kind of adapt to anything so that he can't possibly die. I mean, it's sort of, um, it's, I wouldn't call it a difficult power set to write for, but it's like, it's almost too. You know, like, what can you do that actually challenges him because he can just adapt to anything, uh, which the writers of X-Men First Class should have uh, realized. And maybe he shouldn't have been the one who, you know, died from something that he should have survived. Um, but, yeah, this is uh, 
this is this was a good read. I mean, the Hickman books are, at least for me, the Hickman X-Men stuff has always been a good read, even though sometimes you're kind of wondering what the larger, if there are larger implications for something and what they might be. Um, he at least gives you a solid read in that process. Um, the text that, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that I've ever mentioned these, but all of the, the thing, the books in this X line have like text pages where they kind of provide background for things or like sometimes they give you like letters from the characters to let you know what the character's thought process is without necessarily putting dialogue boxes up in the corner or any, or on any of the pages or anything. Um, there is an interesting one where they're, and I'm not that familiar with this character, I, with the character of Sync. I've never read Generation X or anything. I probably should. It's one of the major X books I've never even looked at. So I probably should at some point go back and look at that. Um, but uh, the idea is that, you know, something that they're starting to realize with this resurrection thing is that you're you're kind of skipping the process of, you know, the whole mutant thing where your powers emerge in puberty and then you have the ability to, um, you have the ability to, uh, to train with them for some period of time. And then you, you hopefully master them at some point. But I, from what I recall, the, the, the text kind of talks about how, you know, you're being, when you die in this resurrection scenario, you're being, born into like you're being born into an adult body immediately. You're basically being uh, brought back from the point at which you died rather than you're not starting again as a child or anything. And that idea plus the mind of somebody who's been a mutant for however many years you've been alive for uh, is leading to people coming out of resurrection more powerful than they were when they died. Um, I know I'm not really explaining it all that well. It's probably better if you just read it because um, I don't have it in front of me. But just basically the idea is that, you know, things, people's powers are expressing themselves differently after they come out of resurrection. And this initial assumption was, oh, the secondary mutation thing, which happens sometimes when they decide they want to give people mutant characters new powers. They just go, oh, you have a secondary mutation that now allows you to do this. Um, and it sounds like now they're saying, you know, the resurrection thing is making people come back more powerful than they were. And, uh, that is, might be something that they're going to explore down the road with that added to that whole idea. I believe in the last issue of Excalibur that, you know, apocalypse was trying to get certain mutants to combine their powers in ways that had never been attempted. I think you're starting to see like what Hickman or Marvel in general wants the next evolution evolutionary step of these mutant characters to be. Um, and we'll have to see how much longer. I don't really know. They haven't really talked about how long this line is planning to go. Um, so I'll be curious to see exactly what that was. Um, and that closes out our books for the week. Uh, next week, we actually have the return of new DC material. Uh, at least, you know, I'm sure there has been some stuff, but I haven't read any of it. Um, next week we have Avengers 43, Hellions 10, and King and Black Thunderbolts number three on the Marvel side. I pretty much dropped a lot of the, the King and Black tie-ins unless they're regular series things, because I'm a completist with the series that I'm reading. Um, 
but I did like I have liked the Thunderbolts one, so I decided to continue with that. And on the DC front, we have Batman 106, Infinite Frontier Zero, which I think is like the whole kickoff issue to this whole thing, this whole Infinite Frontier thing that they're doing now, and Suicide Squad number one. Um, in other news, in uh, film news, just really quickly, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates has been hired by DC to write a Superman film uh, to be produced by J.J. Abrams. Um, so we'll see what that ends up being. I'm kind of curious. As I said earlier, Coates is a good writer. Uh, rumor has it he wants to focus on a black Superman. We'll see what that what character they end up using or if it's just Clark Kent and he just happens to be black. Uh, they have a couple alternatives where they could use other characters. Um, so we'll see what that what that script eventually becomes. Uh, in other in Aquaman news, uh, which just comes up as I watched Aquaman for the first time since it came out in theaters. I watched it with my wife last night, who had never seen it, and was kind of I was I've been uh, rewatching all the DCEU movies prior to. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I, I watched Justice League, the Whedon cut the other day, and decided, oh, I might as well just do the other, I think it's three. There's Aquaman, Shazam, and uh, the Unfortunate Birds of Prey, which I still enjoy in sections, uh, in the kind of in the same way that I enjoyed Suicide Squad. Like, you know it's crappy, but it still has fun moments and stuff. Um, in Aquaman 2 news i guess it's not i haven't really seen it reported by anywhere legitimate necessarily but i'm keeping an eye on it uh rumor has it that amber heard has been uh fired from aquaman 2 uh whether it's i keep hearing breach of contract for something or other whether that's has anything to do with all the crap she's got going on with johnny depp or not i have no idea don't especially care um but it'll be interesting to see if that happens. And rumor has it that she has already been replaced with uh, Game of Thrones' Amelia Clark. Um, don't know about that. Don't know that she's necessarily an upgrade from her. I mean, I think uh, she's a slightly better actress, maybe. But I don't know if everyone would necessarily agree with me on that. Um, so, you know, that's supposed to come out in... 2022, I believe. We'll see what ends up happening with that. Uh, in actual comic news, um, a lot of the, you know, we're in the tail end of the King and Black event right now. And it sounds like the last couple uh, major issues of that, like the last couple Venom tie-ins to that, and actually King and Black number five, which is the final issue of that, have been delayed to April. Um, they were supposed to come out this month, and that whole thing was supposed to be over with. Um, but it seems that it has been, they have been delayed to April. I believe some of the other tie-ins will also be pushed back as a result of that. I think Fantastic Four 30 is going to be pushed back as a result. I haven't seen a full list of, um, which ones have been or haven't been. Uh, my assumption is, and I haven't really seen anything that says this one way or the other, but my assumption is usually when these delays happen, it's because, uh, the artist is behind or whatever. Um, so my guess is it's probably, and Stegman's, a, Ryan Stegman's a good artist. So, you know, if he needs as much time as he needs to get the thing done, sure. Um, and they actually haven't had the last couple events, as I recall, have pretty much gone off without delay. Um, I just remember like back in the original civil war days, though, that one had massive 
delays every single month. And because like the entire line was tied to it, I mean, you had, you know, every book in their line was being pushed back to some degree because of the, because of how long that event was taking. Um, so, you know, if nothing else will give me a month off from a lot of it, um, which is fine. Maybe it will recharge my batteries for it at the end. I know I've, I've been getting kind of tired of it because a lot of it's sort of the same. Um, so yeah. Uh, what do we have? What else does the B team have coming? Um, we have the, um, our Willow, Willow review, Willow movie review came out this morning. Um, so I hope people will listen to that and enjoy it. Uh, Josh and I have recorded the, the Zack Snyder's Justice League preview show, um, which we will release next week. Um, we are planning on doing, we're trying to figure out the logistics of an exact timing of, um, because obviously you don't want these things to come out too far after the actual releases or before the actual releases. Our uh, WandaVision wrap-up show and our preview show for the Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we may break the the regular Sunday release schedule for that just to get some of those out with enough, enough time, quickly enough after they end in the case of WandaVision and with enough time for people to listen to the preview show for Falcon Winter Soldier before that show actually starts. Um, Josh and I still have to do the, uh, I guess we're now calling it the C- the Arrowverse review pods, The uh, now that Superman and Lois exists. Um, we have this week's Batwoman, which will air tonight as I'm recording this, and uh, we will probably hit, we will definitely hit the first, the pilot episode of Superman and Lois, which I don't want to get too much into, but I loved it. Um, I'm curious to see what the actual show does going forward. I question whether the a full season show like that can maintain the quality level that the pilot had, um, and whether you know. But I'm I'm optimistic. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I really am a fa- am a fan of Tyler Hecklin's uh, Superman. He pretty much carried that show for me. Um, and we'll see what that ends up being. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm actually fairly optimistic slash excited about the first, that's the first Superman TV movie or movie thing I've been excited about for quite some time after the, you know, and I don't necessarily fault Cavill, Henry Cavill for this, but after the several movies of like dark meditations using Superman as a, way to get to dark meditations about Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, um, no. (laughs) So, um, you know, for Hecklin to do something that is way more enjoyable, I'm all for that. Um, and hopefully that show will, uh, will continue to be as good as that pilot was. Um, but we'll get into more of that, uh, later on this week when we record that, that will base, that will pretty much be released the day after we, record it. Um, I, I believe in getting those review shows out quickly, especially for weekly television so that you're not, uh, hearing us review something from like a month ago. Uh, you know, it just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Like why do it if you can't, if you can't be that timely with it. Um, so that's what we've got coming up. Um, hope everyone listens to everything and enjoys it. And continue reading comics, folks, because I'm not going to stop reviewing it. 
reviewing them, at least what I read. If you have any uh, recommendations or whatever, feel free to give them to me. I will at least consider reading anything I'm given. Um, I tend to lean more towards superhero stuff. Uh, most of, actually all of what we've reviewed in here has been superhero stuff, but if somebody really has something current that they would love to hear some thoughts on, I'm more than willing to have that stuff presented to me and consider reading it. Um, so great. Have a great week, everyone. And we'll be back right back here next Sunday with another six books and some new DC stuff finally. Yay. Have a great week, everybody.